Hello and welcome to a new episode of We and God no podcast. It's been a while since we recorded the last one, just as we said when we recorded the last one. But I have Jimmy Funnel here today. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Ram. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, but now that the season is just about to start or restart, we will be recording more frequently again because now it's going to get really really tough and the games will be coming all the time i can't wait yep awkward first words famous last words <laughs> uh our, our two, two guests today are uh selen hello have i pronounced that right this time uh no selen <laughs> but it's but it's fine <laughs> okay hello good to be back <laughs> very very nice talk to you after so long uh <laughs> the same and our second guest today is uh after cheek censored censored very very pg 13 kind of use him so <laughs> i got to have you back as well second time on the podcast yep feels good to be back again talking about her oh. yeah he sounds different so i'll leave it to you to figure out why anyway <laughs> uh jimmy <laughs> well chelsea beat qpr 7-1 in a behind closed doors well every game is behind closed doors but you know a friendly without any sort of publicity whatsoever we were only informed of the score after the game was done so probably just a glorified training routine but winning 7-1 is always good isn't it it is yeah and uh, while we're still waiting for those elusive highlights to finally drop on the Chelsea fifth stand app um it was a great scoreline i mean if you look at the other teams that are currently playing behind closed doors like united losing to brentford if i'm not mistaken or uh arsenal being arsenal against ooh i can't remember which team they played against but it doesn't matter cuz arsenal point being they all lost so that's brentford, you know, brentford. Oh, it was brentford. brentford oh wow okay ah uh, yeah you know those championship clubs not that important but um it was a good win and we had a two goal Billy Gilmer. I mean, unexpected. That was unexpected, but very Lampard-esque if you ask me. Don't know about the goals, but Lampard-esque. Well, he, happy. What if he just banged them in from like 40 yards? That's more like Alex-esque. <laughs> I mean, he can be whatever esque he wants as long as he's scoring goals. So, in that respect, I think that's a great start to the season. Well, start restart to the season. I know it's only QPR, but it'll give them a bit of confidence especially gilmore and um yeah i think we can take a lot of good things away from that game even though we didn't see it <laughs> yes uh the other scorers were mason mount william olivier giroud and roman loftus cheek played at stamford bridge after <laughs> a whole year i think uh, touchwood i am I am knocking on the side of my bed as I say this. He's back, he's fit, and scored two goals. And it's 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 pretty pretty good to see him back. Wouldn't you say so, Selen? I mean, with Loftus Cheek, always you're always hesitant because yep. he's had this history of coming back to full fitness, and then it was a recurring back problem earlier, linked to growing pains earlier in his childhood and everything. ಹೋಪ್ಸೋ I think we missed him obviously he was in great form last year um when he got to play and I think he brings something to the team that you know very few people in our team can do and other teams as well so it's good to have him back and um yeah I'm looking forward to watching him play hopefully he can I think he's going to start like sub with sub appearances uh probably probably going to play mount <laughs> and uh then he'll come on maybe for the minutes or something um i've seen some posts to say that he looks more lean more fit or whatever and yeah hopefully he can put his back pains behind him yeah hopefully um 
Kunal, where do where do you see where do you see Ruben fitting into the side now that you know it's obviously been a while since he was the side last and we were playing a different system, but given that he has played as a wide attacker before for Crystal Palace and sometimes we play with a ten, sometimes we play with three in midfield. Where do you see him best fitting into the side? And at whose expense potentially? Um, yeah, so even on the blog, this has always been like a very, this has always been a topic that brings out <laughs> opinions because there's a large majority that he should be playing as part of maybe a deeper pivot where he can like carry the ball from deep inside our own half in towards the opposition half. But um, I don't know, I just see him as the central cam. And like if we do end up playing a 4 2 3 1 a lot, I, I do see him playing as the central cam. Um, just because I feel like that's his best position. Like, out wide, he does well, but again, it's all about where you can get the most out of him. And given the extent of his dribbling abilities, I just feel like he's going to be best played if he was to start as the camp. Um, also, I mean, there's only one clear like alternative to Loftus-Cheek right now in the squad, and that would be Mason Mount. So, if someone was to get benched for Ruben to play, it would probably be Mason Mount right now. So, yeah, I just... You, well, a, a huge part of Mason Mount's role is the amount of work rate that he offers off the ball. And while I appreciate that having someone who can carry in the number 10 position and receive with back-to-goal and turn-past defenders and everything is a pretty good trait to have, would you not think that maybe... Ruben is more like Mateo Kovacic in terms of skill set within the system. Because with, with Mason Mount playing at number 10, uh, usually it has it seemed as if a lot of that role is based around Lampard sending the ball up direct and then counting on the attackers and, well, heavily Mount to win it back. And Ruben may not be in a position to offer this sort of skill set to the team at the moment or just because because he's lazy uh, <laughs> yeah uh, well, uh, well, because he's lazy according to, <laughs> according to miscellaneous anonymous people but yes uh, Jose Mourinho played uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek in the number 10 and that was his last I think that was his last known appearance in the, in the number 10 role um, so do you think that it's also an option for Ruben to slot into where Kovacic plays, the midfielder that receives on the turn but deeper and looks to break the lines a lot via carrying because that's what Kovacic does a lot, doesn't he? And yeah. Ruben offers that plus maybe added physicality. So do you think that could be a viable option in a 4-3-3 or something? Um, I mean, we could see that happen because, as you said, last season we were playing a completely different system to what we might be playing now. So seeing Ruben start in the... 10 position would probably be where I'd want him to start. But again, it just depends on what Lampard really wants. And the thing is, I don't mind seeing Mount as the part of a deeper pivot because of his pressing. So if you have got someone who's playing slightly behind that attacking camp, just running around the pitch, because we've all seen Mount play during our games. He's all over the pitch across that midfield and the opposition defence. So if we've got someone like Mount playing in that pivot, just absolutely harassing other defenders and midfielders. I feel like we can make more use of his pressing abilities and just let Ruben do his work up top, just get the ball. Because like you said, he, uh, we do tend to ping the ball forward a lot. So given how tall and just physical Ruben is, we could maybe just make use of that as well, along with Giroud if we do start him as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how Ruben fits into our lineup once he does get actually fit and he gets regular game time so yeah should be interesting yep fair enough that was chelsea's second preseason friendly they are uh, preseason friendly uh, as much as as much as one can call this preseason the earlier friendly that they played was against reading which was i think a 1-0 or a 2-0 win um if someone can confirm yeah. that one yeah. that's great and uh, a slightly offbeat theme to either of these friendlies was John Swift came back to Stanford. Well, I don't know if it was at Stanford Bridge, but John, I think it was at Cobham. So John Swift came back to Cobham for the first time since he left Chelsea. So poignant homecoming 
and poignant homecoming part two was when Todd Kane came back to Chelsea for the first time since he left. So slightly lesser talked about things uh, only available at We Ain't Got No Podcast exclusives. Of course, there was also Matt Miazga coming back and shaking hands with Pulisic, very popular picture. Anyway, moving on from these games that have hopefully helped the squad uh, well, come up to the mark in terms of match fitness, given the Premier League is about to start in just over 48 hours. We have been linked to a number of really good players in the last two weeks, like really, really good players, uh, like Said Ben Rama. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why everyone's laughing. Nice. Really. And uh, Timo Werner, excellent player, you know, the, the best, one of the best, second, probably second best striker in the Bundesliga after some guy named Lewandowski. And then there's this player named Kai Havertz who I've literally never heard of before, but then everyone seems to be saying his name very often these days. So, Jimmy, can you can you tell me who this Kai Havertz guy is? Because I've, I've really not heard of him. Well, his name's Kai Havertz. I, um, he, plays for, <laughs> he plays for Bayer Leverkusen. Um, yeah, I mean... <sighs> It's it's very difficult to talk about a play that I actually don't think we should be looking into, or at least not at this point. I mean, he's a very talented player. He's a jack of all trades, but he is also not that kind of versatile player who can play, you know, things a bit, but not perfectly. He is very, very good at finishing. I had a discussion with a German Bundesliga fan the other day who was really raving about how good his finishing is ice cold mm-hmm. uh, he takes up great positions uh, he's a hard worker um, the thing is about him that while he's been great since they've come back to playing after COVID-19 um, people tend to forget that he had a very poor first half of the season he was fantastic last season and then the first uh-huh. few months he was really not that good at best he was average a few, maybe you know the odd good game but uh not the kind of expectations that he hit compared to last season if anyone disagrees with that well then you're wrong sorry uh, it's always easy to say oh he's so good because he watched the german bundesliga highlights well sorry mate but here in austria we watch a lot of bundesliga uh due to our own league here not being too qualitatively high rates so I have been watching Havertz now and again, not as much as as Werner, to be honest, but um, because they've got Sabitzer and then uh, quite a few Austrian players they had, Ilsenk and so on. He's no longer there, but um, he's uh, he's a great talent, Havertz, no no doubt about it. But Bayern Munich are really into him as well, and I just think that while we can go into the market for him if we really do get this this these deals done, well. People have been talking about this sex to- tuplet, uh funding uh, move where we sell <laughs> Bakayoko, um, uh, what's it, Matt Mishibash. Why? I mean, he seems pretty oh, wow. obvious to be going. Uh, Danny Drinkwater, Zappa Costa, Victor Moses, Emerson. We should have enough funds. I highly doubt that we're going to sell all of them. I'm pretty sure that the one or the other loan is going to be included there again. Um, I just think that those funds need to be invested uh, in other areas, so I mean, left back's the most obvious, obvious one. Um, now, taking in consideration Timo Werner, he's done. So, so Ben Rama makes sense to me as well because William and Pedro will be leaving. I'm pretty sure about that. So then we've got three wingers with Zajac and that fourth winger that makes sense. While Werner can, of course, also play a bit left on the left, but you know, there's always one going to be injured and all that. I, I think it makes sense because Ben Rama will take it up a more of a, a rotational player for now and, you know, if he plays well, then by all means please play in the starting yeah, line. what you think. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I did, you know, open the door to him being a starter. It just depends on how good he is. But anyway, my point is Havertz money will be better or more wisely invested in areas such as centre-back. Um, that's why I'm a huge fan of not only because of the price, but also the all-round package of uh, Nicola Tagliafico. Spending 
about 22 million quid on him leaves loads of funds open for a centre back because after that that um, the, the reinforcements up top for me centre back is the single most important area even before left back and I'm sure lots of people won't agree with me there because left back is of course a gaping hole uh, in our team no doubt but centre back we just need a world-class centre-back. I'm not saying that there's one available. For me, uh, Skriniar is a top, top-class player who I think could really push us forward and would make our defence so much better in an instant. Whether we can get him is another story, but the more money we have, the more likely it is to price a player away. So, yeah, that I mean, that's... Um, that will be money that we will be spending in Havertz that we can spend once we have those important signings. So left-back, centre-back in the bag, right, then we can move on to Havertz. That's my opinion. And uh, I know he's really good. He's a generational talent, some say. Um, he's, well, he still needs more consistency. You know, if he if he can play the way he has been since the Bundesliga has returned on a consistent basis, then... He, I mean, he can be one of the best players in the Bundesliga and it's no surprise that Bayern is um, very, very interested in securing his signature. Whether they can actually afford him, given the whole corona crisis, I don't know. They've always been a very, very well-organized club financially, so you'd expect them to be able to say, OK, you know what, we'll dip into the transfer market here and we're just going to splash the cash. But, okay. you know, their reluctance to pay a lot of money might leave the door open for us to come in for Havertz a little bit later on in the market. Okay, succinct. I like it. Uh, Havertz is a number 10 who wears 29, so definitely not having that. Plus, he sounds like a poor man's Dominic Schubert-Schlei. So, probably probably <laughs> best that we're passing on him. Anyway, moving on to actual important targets of relevance. Selen, what do you think of Timo Werner? Uh, I think it's 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 like the um, the youth movements uh, manifest, like fill the squad with youth or academy players. Don't buy Sava Costas, don't buy drink waters, etc. Like, but Ver Werner is absolutely one of those that we should go for. Um, if if we didn't have Mount and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I would say Havertz would be one too. But uh, I agree with Jimmy that we have other positions in need of signings rather than an offensive midfielder. Uh, but Werner, I mean, he's going to bring goals. I think that's what we've been lacking. Uh, like, it's obvious we've been lacking goals. Uh, and I think he can... Uh, he, he's one of those superstar signings, like, similar to Hazard. Uh, it's been a while since we made one of those, I think. And uh, <laughs> it's exciting. Um, it's exciting. Okay. If you, if you ask me, we're already linked to a superstar. Anyway, go on. Uh, like Ben Rama? Um, no comments. Go. No. <laughs> no, comments. <laughs> no, but I think it, like we need we need goal scoring from the wing positions. Um, and in like the early discussion, I could actually see Ruben play there for a little bit uh, this end of the season uh, if okay. Mount, because I think Mount's going to be really vital to how Lamb's going to play and he's going to continue to play in that number ten role or the eight role or whatever. Uh, but Werner, when he comes in, it's going to be. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. That's great. Just to clarify, we are talking about 24-year-old Timo Werner, who scored a hat-trick on his Stuttgart debut, and not 34-year-old Tobias Werner, who also played for Stuttgart and is now retired. Uh, our next target, obviously the best one, is Saeed Benrama, also known as, well, Messi is usually known as the Argentine Benrama. So... <laughs> We, we, there's, a, there's a lot to talk about him, so we'll, we'll just do that after a short break. Welcome back, and where were we? Yes, Ben Rama. So, Kunal, my first question is, how much had you heard of Said Ben Rama before today? Um, the only reason that I know there's a player called Said Ben Rama is because of the team of the season that FIFA released for their games. Um, and that is the only reason that I know that there's a player that plays at left wing called Said Benrahma. Apart from that, I don't watch Brentford a lot. So I have no idea if he's actually a good player or not. 
But according to the in-game stats of FIFA, he's apparently a very good dribbler. So that's oh, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes FIFA get these things right. So yeah. we we can we can give them some credit on that one. So Saeed Benrahma is a predominantly a left winger who has been used at at the striker position before when he was playing in Ligue 2 before Brentford picked him up. Brentford picked him up in the summer of 2018 and then he became the well one of the best players in the championship if not the best attacker part of one of the best attacking bands in the championship consisting of him Ryan Mbwemo and Oli Watkins who will all play at a higher level and honestly he would be a good addition to the squad of well at least three top six sides which is us Arsenal and Leicester in my opinion so let's say Ben Rama is a pretty good championship player who's probably not, not going to have the same ceiling as James Madison who was younger when he moved over to the Premier League and also younger right now so Ben Rama is 24 years old he will be 25 at some point in 2020 I reckon and so he's probably going to hit his peak as an attacker which is so it's good that he's moving at this stage of his career so the question is if he were to move to chelsea hypothetically how much value do you see konal in there being another attacker in addition to christian pulisic callum hudson adoy hakim ziek timo warner who can play on the left wing as well mason mount who can play on the wing and ruben loftus cheek who can play on the wing Jesus. I'm putting you on the spot. That's a lot of attackers for next season. Oh. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, it's the same argument that you could bring up for Havertz. It's about whether we actually need him or not. Um, now, like you said, we've already got Pulisic. Um, we've got Hudson-Odoi, who's hopefully he'll regain his form very soon. We've got Werner, who can play on the wings. We've got Mount, who sometimes plays on the wings. Um We've got Ziyech, who likes to occupy either that central role or just stay on the flanks as well. So, um, again, if we are looking to get an attacker, we might as well go for Havertz because, I mean, that is a talent that is younger and probably better than Said Bandrama. So, probably. I, <laughs> probably. Um, so, yeah, I just don't, I don't see the value in getting Said Bandrama. Sorry about that, Ram. But, yeah. That's okay. we allow all opinions and we in part of podcast we are extremely unbiased and anyone can tell you that so. but wouldn't wouldn't you say that like if we added ben rama uh, like callum hansmodoy's minutes would be kind of slashed if you yeah that, that's right that's right I, i think when you're adding a talent as big as ben rama hansmodoy is going to be quite threatened so yeah it could be potentially harmful for his prospects and yeah because he needs as, he needs minutes right yeah, and we he, got he like yeah really established like pulisic siach and werner going to play on the wings yeah, yeah I, right. i presume so yeah i agree so in uh, objectively speaking benrama is probably not the most probably not the most prudent addition to this bunch and mm. i wouldn't be surprised if chelsea are looking at him for any more than a contingency or last resort sort of signing not the same as Papi Jorobochi mind but yes i think that, that's that's the most realistic outlook on this entire situation because honestly we just have too many attackers at the moment so it's already going to be like 2012 again if warner is bought so we we don't we don't want to end up with another de bruyne getting frustrated and leaving away which would be ben drama because he's that good anyway <laughs> anyway enough enough about that i suppose or pe- people are probably going to stop listening at this point so we should probably look at our next game shouldn't we jimmy because you know football is back after three long months mm. um before before we do that i just okay. want to start one 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 more point namely uh, that is the left back not only oh, yeah. um the left back position because that's like the position that's been most talked about now after the Werner purchase well we haven't purchased him yet i don't want to jinx it but you know it does seem as if it's pretty much done so my point is left back 
Ben Chilwell, Nicola Tagliafico, Alex Tellers has become more of a uh, far shout nowadays, a bit far-fetched. Uh, yeah. He seems to be going to PSG. There have also been these rumours about Kuzava and departures, Emerson or Alonso, or both even. So there have been loads of rumours about this position. I think, well, of course, I already said centre-back's my, my most important position, my personal one. For many, it's the left-back position, maybe even on this podcast. So what do you guys think about how Chelsea will go about the business in this position during the summer because for the most part we always most people thought oh it's going to be either emerson or alonso but now you've been we've been hearing rumors that it might be both even could it be the case that frank lampard wants to completely overhaul that position uh do you see merit in keeping marcus alonso because he does give us something different a different option uh, if we do play three at the back, which Lampard has done this season. So what, what do you guys think? Anyone? Maybe. Uh, we'll start with, 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 with Selen. No, not me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you uh, don't like the left-back position? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I really don't know because I can see us keeping both. I mean, I don't know much about Talia Fico and Shilwell is really expensive. And uh, I just don't. I don't. I don't think we're gonna sell both Emerson and Alonso. To be fair, I think that's that's like all these lists, like listing Bakayoko, selling Bakayoko, and all the others. Like it's not gonna happen. I don't think so. Um, so it's down to do we keep Alonso or Emerson, and it really depends on what you like. You said like, do we play three at the back because we do? Alonso is the better option probably, and if we play four at the back, <laughs> I still think Alonso is the better option, honestly. <laughs> Um, so maybe Emerson will go, but I, I re- I'm really not sure about that. I mean, I think other people maybe have stronger opinions on this, so I'll pass the question. What is your opinion on the fact that Marcus Ronzo is 29 years old? Oh, he's old. Okay. Yeah. We need experience. No, I don't know. I think <laughs> he's... Uh, <laughs> I think he's... Um, it can be useful for us. I mean, Emerson, I haven't really seen much from Emerson during his time here. And he's been here, like, is it two seasons now? Um, yeah. Fair enough, he wasn't, he wasn't playing a lot, uh, a lot during uh, both County and Surrey, I think. No, it's been Surrey and Lampard, right? Um, yeah. But, but, uh, but I mean, Alonso has been coming up, come up big for us sometimes. And I just, he has had many better games than Emerson. I, I just don't see Emerson staying, honestly. If I could choose one, I'd let go of Emerson. Hmm. Yeah, it's a weird one, I guess, because how, even how much though money... Even though he's 29, I mean, how much money... Yeah, how much money are we going to get for Alonso? Yeah, Will yeah. we buy him, like... Exactly. I don't know. He's, yeah. Midway through next season, he'll turn 30 years old, and at that point, I don't know how much money you'd get for him, and you probably get a lot more for Emerson because he's, what, 26, 25 at the moment. And you would get a lot more. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Juventus were interested or something. Yeah, so... but he's highly rated also in Italy, to be fair. Because if you think about the first few months of la- this season, he was fantastic for us. He, he was our best player. Yeah, I, 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 I have to emphasize this because people tend to forget it. That Emerson, that's why... He's so highly regarded in Italy and that you want you see Juventus, Inter, and uh, I think Rome as well, even they're wanting him back. Um, thinking about purchasing because he is that he can be that good. But the Emerson we saw after he returned from injury reflected basically the squad that was having a very, very poor period. So I think it's difficult. But uh, Kunal, what, what what do you think? Could do you think Emerson deserves to stay? He's still younger. Now this will be the last chance to sell Alonso. Um, again, like all of you have said, it's a tough one because um, the thing with Emerson is he hasn't been consistent enough to actually think that oh no, he definitely can stay and deserves a second chance because even with Sari, um, he was really on and off. Although he didn't get played that much, but when he did get played, it was like, you don't know what you're going to see from Emerson. It's either going to be a really good performance or he's just going to drop a disaster clause. With At least with Alonso, what you know is that 
Okay, we know that our left side is going to be a bit suspect for the entirety of those 90 minutes, but he can still pop up at the other end of the pitch and maybe come up clutch. So it it's a bit weird, but honestly, I would just prefer it if we just got two new left backs, like just sell both of them. Yeah, well, huh. the, the both the both left backs that offer you different things, aren't they? As as Sal said, feel as if I'm butchering your name every. No, time. that's a really good pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, no, thank you. I think that's a good point actually with Alonso. I think that if if we buy another left back, I think that he can come in and perform when he's called upon yeah. more so than Emerson would. Because and he gives you I'm, the flexibility to move to a three whenever you like. Yeah, exactly. So. I think Chilwell is more similar to Emerson than he is to Alonso. So mm-hmm. that way it would make sense to replace one with the other. And as as far as left backs go in the first place, if Leicester are not taking anything below like 70 million, then just absolutely keep within 12 feet of that deal. Because... <laughs> That's just that's obscene money for for Chilwell. He hasn't even had a great season. I think that's uh, slightly gone under the radar this season due to the fact that he's England capped and young and you know English. He's how young is he? Twenty four, right? Yeah, twenty four. I think yeah. 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 So he's about to hit his peak, which is nice. He's twenty three actually. So Hmm. uh, yeah, about to hit his peak, which is nice. But then he. He hasn't had that good a season this year to priority. I mean, to really warrant paying that big a fee. It's it's not the same as buying Harry Maguire for that sort of money. Even though even though they're different positions. So if it were if it were in the region of maybe forty five million quid or forty, then I think that would be okay for Chelsea to do, especially considering the post COVID financial climate. But otherwise. I seriously think they should look at other options. Have I mean, there been any other options apart from Tagliafico? Apart from Tagliafico, because he's also quite old. Personally, I really like oh, Theo Hernandez. Sorry, uh, sorry. He's 27. How's that old? What the? Wait, wait. Uh, that's... <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. He turns no. 28 in just over two months. By the time the season starts, he'll be 28. And how much do you get? I mean, oh, we better already you... buy a tombstone for him then, right? I mean, <laughs> come on. You, you, might, I mean, this is—it's very dependent on us finding a really, really good young left back. So I'm not saying it's a—it's a bad option. I think Tagliafico is a good option if there's no young, good left back available at the moment. Hey, Hernandez. That's all I'm it, saying. Yeah, the Hernandez, but. Do you, does that strike you as particularly realistic? I mean, it does, because apparently PSG, AC Milan were willing to sell him for 50 mil to PSG if their Teles deal didn't actually go through for them. So we could see Teo Hernandez happen. It's just that if you're actually looking for him. So I, I would personally love it if we could actually get him because he's young. He's like 22. So no need to buy any gravestones for him. Um, but yeah, Theo Hernandez is like 22. He's had a very good season for AC Milan as well. He's popped up with goals, assists, and overall he's just been very solid at the back for them on that left-hand side with Romagnoli. So it's like if we are looking to get a young left-back who will cost us somewhere around maybe 40 to 60 million, Theo Hernandez just ticks off every box there is. So yeah. I feel like either you go for Teo Hernandez or maybe you just cough up that extra five mil for Ben Chilwell if you want to. Very good point. He seems like a very attacking left back. Would you agree that he's more like an Emerson than an Alonso? Um, yeah, because uh, he hasn't. He's not a prolific goal scorer because you don't expect any left back to be a prolific goal scorer. But he scored yeah. around five this season, which is yeah, quite that's cool. What, so he he's definitely someone who will get up the pitch, who likes to like just take the ball from the left-hand side and just go at the defence. So it, it would be a very good buy, all things considered. It's just that whether we are really looking towards options like Teo Hernandez or whether we just want that English revolution to take over our club with Ben Chilwell. Please. 
No, that's quite what, nice. What, so, what do so, you guys think about uh, Matson? I know we talked a little bit about it, Ram. Uh, I, I read something that he's backing himself to be backup or play a role yeah, next season. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. I, I wouldn't mind if he, he... Realistically speaking, I think it's very unlikely that both left backs of ours are sold this summer. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. say so? I mean, I would see him actually see any sort of significant minutes only if he was second choice. That would mean both of our left backs would have to go. And because you're thinking we're buying one, or yeah, okay. yeah, because we're probably not going to buy two left backs in the same window. So, if both of them were sold and then we signed Theo Hernandez or Ben Chilwell or Tagliafico, then I, I wouldn't mind in Martin being second choice. No, I really wouldn't. Who who is to say that if 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 Trent Alexander Arnold can be the second choice right back for Liverpool at 19 years old, then why can't Ian Watson do the same in left back for Chelsea? Very vague, very vague um, analogy, I know, but it's it checks uh, out. Uh, yeah, it, and <laughs> it's a it, it's a weird one because Trent Alexander Arnold was he, he was a, he was more or less. He wasn't an insanely highly rated player when he was second choice for Liverpool. They just they decided to go with him at that point. But then this loops back to a, a whole discussion on how we should trust back back your own players. But no, honestly, Matson is not. He, he's not just a. He's not a run of the mill prospect. He's quite good. He's a very very technically solid player. Also plays in midfield for the Netherlands youth sides, and very good going forward. And I, I honestly wouldn't mind having him a second choice. Jimmy, would you? Uh, would that be too scandalous for your liking? Uh, no, no. Uh, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think that keeping at least one player around makes sense. Uh, I mean, those rumours of, uh, uh, for example, Chilwell coming in and Kozava would actually be pretty bad for Madsen like really bad because because i was only 27 or something and um been 23 so that wouldn't really give him an opening for quite some time then again if you say we're gonna bring in i don't know whether that be taglifico or chillwell and um then leave marcus alonso at stanford bridge well then you know, he can be blooded in. Marcus Alonso is the kind of player you want to play at three at the back. We don't play that all the time. So he can rotate as this backup to whomever um, next year. You get what I'm saying? Because that, yeah. that, that, that would make the most sense for me. And because Marcus Alonso, I'm not his biggest supporter. Um, I don't think he works in the four at the back, despite whoever said that before. I, I just can't remember um not agreeing with that <laughs> into in, inside my head um you know at the three of the back he works fine so that's why i think that would make sense to keep marcus alonso and then have ian madsen because when he did play i think he only played twice or so for us he he nevertheless showed quite some promise so that would be um quite naive of us to go in for two completely new defenders especially which aren't too Old, so I, I'm perfectly uh, happy with us having Ian Matson as that third, third or second to third choice because he's only 18 years old. He can still play in the youth team. That's fine. I think yeah. though it says it says something that uh, the players that got playing time like early on there was like Tino, uh, Andrin, uh, Billy Gilmore, and Matson, right? So it says something about yeah. like Lampard and Morris Edwards trusting him a bit. That it does. Definitely us. Mm. Well, um, can I just add something? Sorry, Matt Ram, yeah. because it's just just in. Uh, Timo Werner has been um, taken off RB Leipzig's Champions League squad. Oh, should we get the down? So, he seems to have been removed from that squad. He won't be playing anymore, according to build, not sport build. So, that's a good thing. Is that the good build? Okay. That's the good build. Well, they're both kind of crappy at some point, but, you know, build's not as bad. So, um, more reliable. Can you guys imagine if he went to United or something now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be so God. bad. <laughs> yeah. I would have to probably 
stop Delete myself several. going on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, actually, no, we haven't had a podcast with Team Werner on it. Oh, yeah. It's subject yet, so that's a good thing. Um, well, actually, no, I think we did mention him in our last one. But, you know, uh, back then, everyone thought, yeah, it's pretty certain he's going to Liverpool. So I think we didn't actually talk much about him. Anyway, just wanted to add that and throw that in the mix because that means we'll hopefully see Timo Werner sooner rather than later at Stamford Bridge even if he can't necessarily play well he can't play for us uh, for the remainder of the season but then he will already be in England that's a good thing um, yes what Ram already wanted to do beforehand is that we wanted to pre- we want to of course preview the Aston Villa game before we get into that we're just going to have a quick break Okay, and we are back. We are now going to talk about the Chelsea versus Aston Villa game on Sunday, the first game in four months. No, not quite. Uh, It'll be three months. Yes, three months. Sorry. That is quite a long time. Actually, it's even over three months. So we have been waiting a very long time for this. And... I must say, I'm looking forward to it. I am buzzing. No matter what happens on Sunday, and actually it is a must-win, looking that we're playing against Man City in the next game. I'm just buzzing. I really can't wait, and I'm sure everyone agrees with me there. What what can we expect from the game? Will the squad be taking, you know, continuing where it stopped? Because we were on a winning streak when the season had to be prematurely and well not prematurely ended paused actually what what do you think um ram ram you know i i really would like to know because you have been very active during these past few months what do you think about the squads how can we see billy gilmore coming into play here on sunday oh well (laughs) good question is Jorginho still suspended he is isn't he yeah yeah he is so that's uh I think Billy Gilmore will play at the base of midfield. I think Lampard might go for a 4-3-3 to match Aston Villa's 4-3-3. Not not particularly because of that reason. So I think Billy Gilmore will resume or, yeah, he'll just resume his place on the side as the, the sitting midfielder like Jorginho. And that should be fairly straightforward. And I think the other two will be not not sure how how what the situation with Kante is at the moment, but I'm assuming it'll be either Mount and Kante or Kovacic and Kante, depending on availability. I don't think we'll see Ruben Loftus-Cheek so soon. I mean, not starting so soon, but I think it would be quite nice if we saw Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi starting for the first time. But do you think that's unlikely to happen? Well, I'll hand that over to, to Kunal. What do you think? Um, personally, I'd, I'd love to see Ruben start just because, well, it's been a long time since we've actually seen him on the pitch. So it'd be good to see how he's doing post his injury recovery. But yeah, I don't think he's actually going to be starting. I feel like Mount's definitely going to be starting the Aston Villa game. Um, should be a fun game. I'm really excited that football's finally back. So should be a really fun watch. And I just hope we can win. That's all. I just want the three points. I really, the lineups are like insignificant at this point. I just want the three points. That's it. An understandable, very understandable point of view. What about you, Salen? Um, basically, what Kunal said. Yeah, we need to win. Uh, Leicester and Manchester City is coming up and uh, we need to get off a good start because if we don't, we're going to be in huge amount of pressure, I think. I think United's going to really get going pretty early on. I don't think, I don't think we are safe at all from, uh, to qualify for the Champions League, so we need to win, absolutely. Okay. Who are you going with in defence, though? That's, every, everyone's fit now, aren't they? Oh, God, I, f- I think it's going to be Aspilicueta, okay. Rudiger, Zuma, Alonso, maybe? 
Okay. Yeah, it's just if you can say any one of the four center backs, really, I don't know. Just my guess what Lampard would do. Why, why, why do you think why do you think it's Rudiger and Zuma? Why not Tomori? I think Rudiger has like when when he came back, he was kind of like the first choice. If you guys would agree with me. Okay, uh, and Tomori wasn't like really used that much towards the end of the season. So maybe Christensen actually so Zuma. I don't know. It's like a toss up between all four, really. It really is. Yeah. Okay. No, no surprise appearance for Willy Caballero and goal. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it depends whether you're talking to a Kepa apologist or not. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on, he had two great games before the the uh, this Premier League season was postponed. So. I think he yeah. deserves a chance, and he did show in the first season. Well, we've talked about this hundreds of times. First season, great, and for me, he's showed enough to be given another chance. So let's wait and see what happens in this upcoming month, and then we can still moan about how we need a new keeper after that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan, yeah. As far as Aston Villa go, I think they have John McGinn, one of the best fielders in the Premier League. They have him back. so. He's obviously going to be a very important force with him and Douglas Luiz and ex-Vitesse player Marvellous Nakamba playing in that midfield. Very, is is McGinn just recently, sorry I'm interrupting, but is McGinn just recently back or is he like kind of like a Conte or Ruben of the Sheik that he's going to have yeah, to? Yeah, that, that's a, I, I think that's a bit, bit touch and go, but mm. I think he's definitely training, definitely in full training. So hopefully for entertainment's sake he plays because he is a very entertaining player and Aston Villa generally is uh, not not in a great place at the moment. They they've just had this insane squad turnover since the summer. It's crazy, and they had they had to go with like a completely new striker in Samata because Wesley got injured half half season through, and they probably have Borja Baston on the bench, which is you know don't ask me about that one. But they have um, I, I probably I'll assume. They have Grealish and El Ghazi playing in a, in attack. Uh, Tyrone Mings, Bjorn Engels, uh, both pretty good centre backs. And they're, they're, I mean, technically speaking, they're not they're not such a bad squad. It's just I feel as if they really lack cohesion because of that of that turnover I just mentioned. So so much of the squad that played last season that is, well, the side this season looks nothing like last season and. I think they're very, very real contenders to go down at the stage, and yeah, it, it's all, it's all a bit reminiscent of Fulham, but I think that's slightly better. But anyway, I think our last game uh, against them wasn't so much of a problem. It, it wasn't a very, very comfortable one because I, I think, I think they pulled a goal back, and I, I think this might be more comfortable for us. I just have a good feeling. About Chelsea going into this, everyone's fit. Everyone's probably raring to go. We beat Mark Warburton's mighty QPR seven-one, which is always a good thing. Wasn't the QPR like the manager or like board member or something came out and said like, "Oh, we're not prepared for the season to restart" or something. Like they complained uh, about it being played again, like the championship. I, I, I really can't hear you. I really, I really can't hear you. All, all, all I know is that QBR is a very good side and they're very prepared. So the fact that we beat them must mean that we are well, very well prepared as well. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, I'm, I'm optimistic for a change. Um, known as a very pessimistic individual, I'm optimistic for a change, and I think Chelsea will sneak a three-one win. Because Jack Grealish would probably score, so that's. <laughs> what, what about you guys? Let, let's have let's have predictions. Kunal, let's start with you. Um, two uh, 0 Chelsea. Yeah. Okay, scorers. Mason Mount and Ruben Loftus Cheek. Because I really want him to score. <laughs> of course you do. I mean, it's it's not like it's like not like he's in your username or anything. That's of course not. Of course not. Oh. And Selen, what about you? Uh, I'll go for the 
3-1, I think. Yeah, 3-1. Okay. Nice. And, some, uh, some minds think, think alike anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Who's scoring okay. it? Oh, sorry. Uh, I hope, hopefully, Tammy can get back to scoring ways. So him, That's maybe. What I want. Yeah. Um, I can see like Pulisic, maybe. Okay. Maybe, and maybe a corner or something like Rudiger. Okay. Yeah, That's I'm nice. going for that. Yeah. Keen Keenan Davis goal from Aston Villa. You know, you wanted to happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jimmy. Sometimes I really ask myself whose side you're on, but anyway, <laughs> I'm. My prediction is that we're going to. Ha it's going to be a close one. Uh, two one for Chelsea. While we're going to be trailing first, oh. so we're going to come back. That's just the feeling I have. Goal scorers, I have no clue though. Tammy Abraham, is a solid shout. We really do need him to uh, start scoring again. I hope so. I hope so. And I think the second goal is going to come from William. I just have a feeling. Uh, yeah, that will be my prediction. And let's hope that all our predictions are true in some way or another. <laughs> that means Chelsea wins. Anyway, we have been talking about quite a few things today. Transfers are, of course, the highlight of every episode. <laughs> Nowadays, no matter which podcast you look at, and we will certainly be talking about all the newest rumors next week again we will try and i have said that already a few times to be recording on a permanent basis on a regular basis again and that will of course be far easier once premier league returns we promise you that that's all from us for today i'd like to say thank you to our two returning guests community members fellow blues it was lovely to have you on boys good to be back thank you yep good to be here and we will hear from you sometime in the future again because we love to have our community members on the podcast for next week we will hopefully have quite a few others we'll see who will be coming on until then keep safe people keep the buffet flowing high and we'll see you next week